0: This is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of Effie Church, and this is our podcast. So we've talked a lot about Epic Weekend being a learning experience, and it really is, but we created them for a specific learning experience. You know, God gave the church ministry callings. He gave us gifts to learn from each other and grow from each other. And, you know, pastor, teacher, prophet, they're all gifts God has given the church. But the one we get to learn from today is the gift of the evangelist. The evangelist has a special anointing to preach the gospel passionately. And since we are a vibrant, passionate, selfless church, I hope that today you can catch a little of that passion that vibrancy that inspiration our guest speaker is gifted at all of those things that he leads a ministry called lead the generation he's passionate about equipping the next generation to preach the gospel so will you all help me in welcoming our guest speaker today Aaron Holt
1: good morning good morning how you doing today Good. Two of you are doing great. The rest of you, we're not sure about yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Say neighbor. neighbor. You look so good. Yeah, words matter, man. That feels good. That feels good. Look at your other neighbor. Look at your other neighbor. Say other neighbor. I'm sorry. You're my second choice. Yeah. I, I, you know, I hope if you're married, you got it right the first time, because words matter. Words matter. Yeah, you know, they do. They really do. Um, man, I'm so glad. What a great weekend we've had so far, and I know a bunch of you have been on the journey with us last night in the, in the first service this morning, and here we, here we are again, and then we'll be back again tonight. I hope that you join us, and uh, it's been good. It's been good, and, uh, I, and this is my second time coming back for an epic weekend here at FB Church, and so honor for me to come back. Um, as Pastor Candace mentioned, my name is Aaron. I'm original. I live in the Poconos now, but I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Right, so not too far from here. Um, a very, very sad, uh, sullen, depressed Steelers fan right now. But um, yeah, so okay. But um, uh, my, I'm, I'm married. My wife was not able to be with me this weekend. She's a school teacher, but we've been married for 23 years. Coming up this fall, just about a month. Right, and um, we got. Three kids. Uh, our oldest is a 20-year-old son, and then I have two teenage daughters. Uh, Jesus, take the wheel, and uh, yes, they're driving now. One of them's driving at least, and uh, and then we have two dogs. We got two dogs. We won't we won't we won't talk about the dogs or else I'll make some some rude comments about all of you people that own cats, and I don't want to do that, so I'm sorry, uh, all of you cat lovers, and we're praying for you. We're just praying for you. I want you to know we're praying for you. Look at look at your neighbor and ask them if they're a no. Don't ask them if they're a cat lover. That would just No, don't do it. But um, but. Uh, I, I want to make a confession. Let me make a confession real quick, right? So, I in my family, I am usually the first one. This is hard to say because you know I'm a guy, I'm a man, but I'm usually the first one to cry during a movie, during a family movie night. How many of you are like that's me? And you're like I'm the I'm the one, I'm the one. I see, you know, hey, thank you, sir, thank you, So I appreciate it. You making me feel good right now, about my manhood, I appreciate it. Thank you. I just made, I don't, I just. I, 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 don't, I don't even like to call, call it crying. I call it, I, I say that I'm getting misty. That's what I say. I'm just like, and my, my kids know this. My kids know this. In fact, my kids have actually like, like remembered the different scenes of different movies that we often watch during our family movie night. And, they, and, and then when that particular movie and that particular scene is getting closer and closer, like they all start staring at me. It's, it's embarrassing you know what I mean it's like, it's like they know it's coming and I'm I'm trying so hard to like I just like want to make it through this one scene and this one you know whatever the movie is and I, I mean I hate to even say it because it's just gonna embarrass me even further but there's there's one movie in particular and I don't I don't know what it is, but there's this one movie, and there's this one scene in the movie. But I don't, I don't know. I'm, okay, I'm gonna admit it. I'm gonna confess what the movie is. Okay, I'm just gonna confess. And, and to, um, you're, you're like so excited right now. I, it's okay. I, I thank you for smiling at me. You're making me feel good because I'm embarrassing myself right now. But like, like, so it's the movie. It's the movie, Cheaper by the Dozen. Have you ever seen? You ever seen the movie? I'm not even gonna tell you what the scene is because it won't make any sense to you. Why I always cry? There's this one scene and this one thing that the one guy said, the dad says, and I just I'm like. Because, you know, like, words matter. I'm just saying, like, 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 for some reason, that movie, and then there's another movie. You ever seen the movie We Bought a Zoo? Like, I just, there's, I don't know. There's certain scenes in certain movies that, even, even movies that have no earthly business making a person cry, I, I find a moment and I just cry. Rocky. <laughs> Rocky 2, right? Rocky, th- well, not Rocky 3. That one was terrible. Rocky 4, right? I mean. Creed, I just, I mean, just, I don't know, it's I'm just weird, you know, like, and, and, and the baby of our family, Ellie, she's 14 now, she, like, she's picking up on this, and there are certain things that if they come on TV, like, she just starts tearing up, like, for instance, you ever see that, that, um, that commercial with all the, the, the pictures of, like, the animals that aren't being taken care of, and they play that, like, Sarah McLaughlin song in the arms of it. we, listen, we die for the remote control to change the channel, because Ellie will start crying, right? I mean, so it was so funny. We're like, no, change the channel. Like, but words matter. Like, words, like, have impact. Now, here's what I know about, about me and you when it comes to words, right? Here's, here's what I know, right? Number one, you talk a lot. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you right now, right? <laughs> Husbands, this is your chance. You've been waiting to say this to your, to your wife or your teenage daughter, right? You, you talk a lot, right? I mean, the average person, regardless of your personality, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, how, how many how many of you are, are introverts? Introverts. I mean, see, see how that, yeah, n- not true, not true. But you know, see how that typically is, like, introverts, like, very quietly, like, that's that's an introvert, that's an introvert. How many of you are extroverts, right? See, yeah, exactly, that's exactly, and it's just like, me! You know, like, usually, it's just its just funny. Usually, it's either the extroverts that are that way or it's the babies of the family, right? Because the babies are all like, someone pay attention to me. I'm the baby of the family. How many of you are the babies of the family? Yeah. Did you know the Bible says the babies of the family are the best members of the family, the most blessed members of the family? The best-looking members, best members of the family. Come on, brother, with the haircut right there. Um, I haven't found that verse, but if you find it, let me know. I always, it's, it's, But... So, like, words matter. You talk a lot. In fact, they say that, that regardless of your personality, the average person talks and says at least 16,000 words a day. Right? So, I know, this is true. W- words matter. Secondly, second, here's what I know about you, right, when it comes to words, when it comes to words. Number one, word that you talk a lot. Number two, your mouth gets you in trouble sometimes. <laughs> now look at your neighbor and say, he's definitely talking about you. <laughs> it's like, without a doubt, he's preaching to you. Right? Yeah, I mean it is do. Like you you know like like you you just say stuff and it comes out and you're like I would you know, wish I could take that back. Right? But here, here's the third thing. Here's the third thing, right? Like like number 1, you talk a lot. Number 2, you words, you know, your mouth gets you in trouble sometimes. But here's number 3. Some of the happiest and some of the saddest moments of your life are connected to words. They just are. I mean I mean like some of the happiest moments of your life, you see, some of you still remember the compliment that your football coach gave you thirty years ago, <laughs> and you—I mean, you're still living in that. Like, oh man, coach said he never saw someone that could catch the ball, and you know, I mean, you know. Just, just, uh, and 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 on the other side, some of you are still mad about what that kid at the lunch table said to you when you were in fourth grade. And you just saw their picture on Facebook the other day, and you're like, oh I, oh, I so want to say something to them right now. Like, I just want a message that I just want to, you know, but like words, words matter. In fact, the Bible backs this up. And let me give you just one reference real quick to, to back this up. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, right? Proverbs 18, 21. You can make a note of this. It says this. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Or if I read it to you in a different translation, the message version, it says this. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. So so some of the happiest moments in your life and some of the saddest moments in your life are connected to words. It's it's, it's almost like a a cup, like a cup of words, right? So I brought brought my cup. It happens to also look like the Indiana Jones Holy Grail, but that's a totally different, okay, right, okay. Another great movie. I don't cry during that one. Okay, I promise, I don't, right? But, But words, words are like a cup, and so sometimes the words, either the words that you say or the words that have been said to you by someone who's important to you, maybe a parent, a grandparent, a coach, a teacher, right? Words are like a cup. And, and so when you say those words or when you receive the words that are said to you, it's the equivalent of drinking either life or drinking death. Drinking, you know, of the fruit of it, the good fruit of it, or drinking the poison of it, right? I could, you could call this, you could call this a cup of a cup of joy. Man, you're awesome. Man, you're a great dad, right? You're a great parent, right? Man, you're an amazing husband, right? Wow, you've done a great job. That's that's a cup of joy. Those are good words. Or it could be a cup of sorrow. Oh man, you're a terrible husband. You're never gonna make it. Your marriage is never gonna thrive, you're never gonna survive, you're never gonna get out of debt. It's a cup of sorrow, right? You're 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 never gonna accomplish what you thought you wanted to accomplish in your life. That's a cup of sorrow, right? You're, you're never going to get rid of all the cats that you own. It's a cup of sorrow. I'm sorry. I just, I had to say something at least. Right? And so, so, but words matter. And, and, and most of us in life have what I call a cup of joy or a cup of sorrow. And it's filled by the words that you grew up listening to, oftentimes said by one or both of your parents or step-parents. You know, people in our family, we not, we don't, we don't, we don't, we're not really, we don't come from good stock around here, so you probably really won't make much of your life. You'll probably never get out of here. That's just kind of the way that we are, you know. You know, you'll, you'll probably never have a good marriage. No one in our family has ever really, you know, had a good marriage. You'll probably, you'll probably never make it through life without going through at least one or more divorces. Words matter. Right? You'll probably never, I mean, you might make it out of high school, but you'll probably never go to col- college. No one in our family ever really accomplishes much and, 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 and gets a degree or things like that. You know, words matter. You, you'll, you'll probably not really achieve much. Words matter, and oftentimes what happens to you and I is that the saddest moments of our life live on repeat in our head over and over and over again. And it's like we're drinking from the cup of sorrow again and again and again and again and again and again. And again. Why? Because words matter, because you talk a lot, and because your mouth gets you in trouble. I'm talking about myself as well, and because the happiest moments and the saddest moments of your life are typically connected to words. Now, now let me take you to a passage description. If you were here in the first service this morning, we, we talked a little bit about Jacob and Esau, and we talked really, was, it was really towards the beginning of their life that we talked about. Now, now we're going to fast forward in the book of Genesis. The, in the first service, we were in, like, Genesis chapter 25, right? Now, we're going to jump forward uh, many years, and we're going to go to Genesis 35 and we're talking about Jacob again and we're gonna talk about words. We're gonna talk about the cup of sorrow. We're gonna talk about the cup of joy, right? So if you got your Bible, turn with me to to Genesis chapter 35. We're gonna pick up in verse about number 16, right in that area. But let me give you some context real quick, right? Because again, if you were here for the first service, or or even if you weren't, it's okay. Let me give you some context on Jacob, right? Jacob's the baby of the family twin brother Esau. Remember this, right? They're born at the same time. Jacob's holding on to the heel of Esau as he comes out of his mother's womb, right? Jacob is named Jacob because he, his name means deceiver. How would you like that? Like, like, Talk about a label being put on you. Talk about words mattering, right? From the moment of Jacob's birth as, as a child, as, as an infant who, who doesn't even have full cognitive ability at this point, there's a label put on his life, words put on his life. He's Jacob, you're Jacob, you're the deceiver, you're the, the heel grabber. That, that, that was literally what his name meant. And so all of Jacob's life, he's striving to get ahead of his brother. He finally finds a way to trick his brother out of the birthright, which was the inheritance that his, his brother deserved as the older brother. This is what we talked about in, in our earlier service today. And so he trades a bowl of bean soup, a stew for his brother's birthright. Uh, and then years later, when his, his father, Isaac, is getting ready to pass away, Jacob even deceives his father, and he dresses up like his brother, and he puts some animal skin on his arms, and his father is blind, and so when he feels the hands of Jacob, he thinks it's Esau, and so he blesses Jacob, and as a result, Esau, who's a hunter, right, which basically means Esau has weapons, (laughs) he drives Jacob out of the home. I mean, Esau's like loading up the shotgun. He's saying, bro, you better get out of town, and Jacob does. And so Jacob is on the run for his life, for many, many years of his life, right? He ends up going and living with his uncle Laban. He ends up working there for Laban for seven years to marry one of his daughters. And then, and then, and then his uncle Laban deceives him. Interesting, right? Because you reap what you sow. Laban deceives him, ends up giving him the older of the two daughters, Leah, who Jacob doesn't even love. He ends up marrying her and then works another seven years so he can marry Rachel, who's the one that he really loves, right? And so Jacob's life has been this life on the run because of words, because of words that were said over him and because of words that he himself said. And all of this has happened from about Genesis 25 up until about Genesis 35. A little more context. In the beginning of Genesis 35, things are finally starting to come together for Jacob, right? He's no longer on the run. He's established now. He's, he's married now. He has kids now. He's got property. Um, and and there's, there's, there's even like a revival of sorts that breaks out in Jacob's family. They're starting to get rid of all the false gods that they had been worshiping, and they're, and they're now deciding to travel back. This is the context. They're traveling back towards Esau, where Jacob and Esau have decided they're gonna, make, they're gonna make it up. They're gonna make good with one another. They're gonna forgive one another. So there's a lot of good stuff going on in Jacob's life, and at this point in history, Jacob, 11 sons... Which contextually just goes to show how blessed he is, because in this day and age, and in this culture, especially the this Middle Eastern Israelite culture, having a son was a sign of great blessing. Jacob's got eleven of them, so like stuff is good in his life, right? Like like this is the moment where Jacob's looking around, and he's like man, it's good. It's good. It's all good. You ever say that? You ever say that phrase, right? It's all good, right? We, we kind of have that little colloquialism. People say, how you doing? You're like, all good, man. All good. All good, right? And, and he's, he's good. And, 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 and it's, it's not only does he have 11 sons, but his wife, his beloved wife, Rachel, the, the woman he loves the most, is pregnant with another son. Now, now that's all the context, and now, now let, me read, let me read to you what happens here, right? Genesis chapter 35, starting in verse number 16, it says this, They moved on from Bethel, and while they were still some distance from Ephrath, Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. Verse 17, And as she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, Don't despair, for you have another son. Now, 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 think about this. Now, now, Rachel is giving birth. Like, this is the moment where it's like, it's all good. Everyone say, it's all good. good. But is it ever really all good? I mean, just think about it for a second. Like, we love to say this phrase, don't we? It just kind of comes out. It just kind of rolls. I mean, talk about words. It just kind of comes out. It's all good. It's all good. But it's never really all good, is it? Like, there's always some stuff going on behind the scenes, or maybe very publicly there's some stuff going on, that even when you and I say the words, like, it's all good, it's not really all good. That's what's happening here, right? Because Rachel's giving birth to a son, and the midwife, right, is trying to encourage her, and and, and she says, hey, you know, don't despair, you have another son, but Rachel... Rachel, I mean, it is all good for Rachel in one sense, but in another sense, it's not. Because look at the next verse. It says this. It says, as she breathed her last, for she was dying. Now, now, isn't it interesting? This, 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 this is a, 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 a very accurate metaphor for life for every single one of us. In, in, and every one of us in the room, and anyone watching online right now, typically our life is always a mix of good and not good. Typically, the cup is always full of some sorrow and some happiness. I mean, you wake up in the morning, and boy, it's a great day. It's beautiful. There's a lot of good, but there's also some not so good. And this is what's happening here in this situation. It's, it's, it's never really all good, is it? It's not, it's not perfectly good. And so it says she was dying, and in her passing away, she was dying. Back to the text. She named her son Ben-Oni. Everyone say Benoni. Benoni. But his father named him Benjamin. <laughs> That's kind of rude. Right? I mean, just think, think about it for a second. Like, like, like Rachel's last dying wish is: name my boy Ben Oni. And Jacob comes along and says, nah, I don't like it. We'll go Benjamin. that so, right? I mean, but 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 Rachel's Rachel Rachel's dying here, right? I mean Rachel. I mean I mean I mean Rachel. She, in, in, as she's giving birth to her son, she's she's thinking like a mother would think. She knows her life is coming to an end. She's thinking like a mother would think, and she's she's in sorrow here. She's thinking, I'm I'm never I'm not gonna hold this boy. I'm, I'm not going to breastfeed this boy. I'm not going to. I'm not going to listen to him say his first words. I'm not going to watch him take his first steps. I'm not. I'm not going to watch him grow up and become a man. Like she's. She's. She's grieving here in this moment. And in her grief, she says, "Name him, Ben Oni." Now that's kind of a weird name. I mean, let, let's just be honest about it. That's kind of weird, right? I'm, I'm just going to. I'm going to take a wild guess here that there probably isn't anyone here in the room that that their name is Ben Oni, right? Pro- probably not. May, I mean, hopefully not. I, you know. I, I, have this, I have this phobia as a, as a pastor. I've been in pastoral ministry for over 20 years now. I have, I have, I have this growing phobia as a pastor. When I, when I talk to a couple and they're, they are expecting they're pregnant with child, you know, I, I, I no longer ask them what they're going to name the kid. Cause, cause this, this younger generation, they, they, um, uh, how do I say this, uh, uh, kindly, delicately, they, uh, they 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 prefer creative names for their kids. Anybody know what I'm talking about right now? Right, you know, and and so like so like I don't want to I don't I I don't want to fail their expectations as a pastor. And so if they tell me the name of their, their soon-to-be child and and I think it's a Benoni type name, you know, I might not be able to hold it in. Like I might I mean I might be able to like they might see it on my face and then that'll insult them. And so I'm just kind of like I but but secretly I wish I wish that in the hospital you know in in the delivery room when they ask you as parents what's the name of the child i wish there was like a secret alarm button in there like under the counter like they have in the banks right and and and, and when the couple said this is going to be the name like like there could be like someone on duty who's just kind of like oh, oh that's that's nice you know just yep yeah, just you know it's like there's a mistake going on here right now like don't allow this kid to be called Benoni for the rest of their life, right? I mean, just imagine Jacob. Imagine Jacob, right? I mean, they come to Jacob and they say, "You have a son." Yes. What's his name? Benoni. What? Benoni? Canoli? Baloney? Benny? Ben Obi One Kenobi? Like what? I mean, like what is that? <laughs> what is going on? listen i know the pain of this my name's my name's kind of weird my name's aaron but it's not spelled like the normal aaron is spelled like you you have you know a pastor aaron on staff he, he's got like the normal spelling a-a-r-o-n that's not my 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 name is aaron but it's spelled e-r-a-n right that's different the girls are called you know they're spelled e-r-i-n i'm i'm in the middle like i'm not over there but i'm not over there but everyone gets it wrong I have people that I've been friends with for years, and they give me the girl's name when they send me an email. Hey, Aaron, E R I. And I'm like, I, no. You know, my whole life, I've been Aaron, Fran. I got the mail to Fran, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just like, it's just weird. It's just, I, I, I'll buy something on the phone, and I'll like, what's your name? And I'll spell it, and they'll be like, um, excuse me, sir. I think you, you know, did you spell your name correctly? <laughs> it's my name. My my dad was a pastor. I I swear, I think my dad was a member of the obscure Bible name of the month club. Because it's in the Bible just one time. Numbers 26, 36. It's my only claim to fame. It's in there. And he found it. And he's like, yes, let me bless my son with a weird name. The only advantage is I can actually get any email address I want. Like no one actually has it at all. And so like growing up, I kind of realized my name was weird. And so one day I walked into my mom's bedroom and I was like, mom, I want to change my name. And she's like, well, well, she's trying to be nice. She's like, well, what what would you like your name to be? Your new name? What do you want your new name to be? I'm like, I want to be called Doug. (laughs) And I don't, I mean, I had a friend in elementary school named Doug. I don't know what it was. I just thought Doug was the cool name, Doug. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I was just, Aaron was just weird. So like, I'm thinking like this little boy, Ben Oni, like this is weird. Like it's it's not gonna be a blessing. It's gonna be weird, and they're gonna give him weird nicknames his whole life. But then I, I started to study this a little bit. I started to research this a little bit, and it's it's interesting, it's interesting because Ben Oni has a very specific name. It's a Hebrew name, but it says it's a very specific name. And, and 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 Ben, Ben means son. If you translate it, just trace translation. Ben means son, but then when you put the Oni on it. It it, it could mean one or two things, and, and most likely it means this right here. Son of my Oni means sorrow, son of my sorrow. And when you when you understand the context of the story, like we're talking about, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? And you know, like she's giving birth, and and it's not all good. Just like for you, it's not all good. It's never all good. And 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 so she gives birth, and she says, name him Benoni because she is she's full of sorrow she i'm like i said she she knows she's never going to see this boy grow up she's not she's not going to hug this boy she's not going to tend to his little boo-boos when he falls down on his knees and so so this is a sorrowful moment for rachel and so she names him son of my sorrow that makes sense to me but 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 benoni is a confusing hebrew name because it could mean son of my sorrow and it contextually it probably does but it also could mean son of my strength now that's interesting, isn't it? That's kind of weird. That's a little confusing. It's very kind of paradoxical, right? It's kind of like these, these don't go together. Like this doesn't work. Like these, these words don't make sense put together this way. And, and so which one is it? Is it son of my sorrow? Is it son of my strength? Is it son of my sorrow? Is it son of my strength? And, and when I research it, I think to myself, well, I mean, it's got to be one or the other, right? It can't be both, can it? Right? It couldn't be both. Like she, and she probably means son of my sorrow because what she probably is doing is she's naming her son according to her circumstances. Now, this is what you and I often do in life, right? We name our current situation according to the circumstances that we're currently facing. And so then we, we begin to quickly identify or we begin to quickly fill the cup with either things that are full of sorrow because those are the circumstances that we're facing in life or we fill the cup with words or things that are full of joy and happiness because there are pleasant circumstances in our life son of my sorrow son of my strength son of my sorrow one of my strength what, what, what is it and that but but then thought hit me what if it's both like 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 what if what if she meant for it to be both what 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 if she wasn't trying to fill benoni's life with nothing but sorrow what if what if she wasn't just trying To, to in a sense, prophesy over his life that he would always be known as the son who produced sorrow in the life of Rachel and Jacob. Now, think about that. I mean, think about the curse that would be upon that little boy's life. Every time his name is said, it reminds people of the sorrow of the passing of his mother. But what if it was both? And then I started to think about how oftentimes in life, it's those who have experienced the most sorrow that are also living out the most strength. How, how oftentimes in my life and in your life, it, it's, it's, it's the sorrow that I've experienced in my life that's produced the strength in my current life. It's my past sorrow that I've gone through that actually has produced the current strength for the seasons that I'm enduring right now. What if she meant? Both. What, what if it was sorrow? You know, when you meet somebody, and you, we've all probably done this, but when you meet somebody, I mean, and they are just remarkably strong. And I'm not just talking about their physical stature. I'm actually not talking about their physical stature at all. I'm talking about their character. I'm talking about their integrity. I'm talking about who they are as a person. When you meet somebody and they are remarkably strong in what they're going through in life, I guarantee they've been through some sorrow. I guarantee they've been through some stuff. They might, they might make it look easy. They, they, they might be dealing with life in such a way that you just think, wow, they're so strong. Why? Because they've been through some stuff. Look at your neighbor and say, I've been through some stuff. <laughs> I've been through some. And, and if you want a biblical example of this, if you, if, you, if you want a biblical example of sorrow and strength combined together, let's just point to Jesus for a second. Was there ever a man who was stronger than Jesus? Was there ever a man who was able to endure what Jesus endured? Was there ever a man who was able to allow himself to be beaten by a cat of nine tails? Allowed himself to be put on a cross so his blood could be shed for the forgiveness of sin? Allowed himself to remain on the cross, even though with one word he could have called down a legion of tens of thousands of angels to set him free. But he allowed himself to stay on the cross. Nobody's stronger than Jesus. No one has more power than Jesus. No one has more authority than Jesus. Jesus, who died on the cross, Jesus, who took a three-day nap and then rose from the grave and had enough time to to make up his grave clothes and make his bed before he pushed the stone over and walked out of the grave. No one has more authority or power than Jesus does. Jesus, who's coming back from heaven one day, riding on a white horse with a robe dipped in blood that's provide forgiveness for our sins. Nobody has more strength or power than Jesus Yet the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3, he was a man acquainted with sorrow. Sorrow. Maybe, maybe, maybe strength and sorrow go together. A.W. Tozer said this He said, It's doubtful that a God, that God can, can greatly use a man until he's greatly hurt a man. Think about that. All of a sudden, everyone in the room is like, I don't like where this sermon is going. <laughs> But you've been through some stuff. You've been through some sorrow. You've gone through some moments. You've gone through some tests. You've gone through some challenges. And and, and you know what? Just because someone around you makes it look easy doesn't mean that it's easy for them to carry. doesn't mean it's not heavy. Hashtag you have no idea what they've been through. You have no idea what they've endured. You have no idea what they have suffered, all that they've experienced in life. The moments of fear, the moments of panic, the moments of anxiety, the, the, the moments of the sleepless nights. You have no idea. You know, when my, when my wife and I were, um, were, were newlyweds and... Uh, you know, this first couple months, this first couple years, you, you know, you're getting used to life, you're getting used to married life and everything. And, and um, so there was a couple times, this happened a couple times, where I, I would wake up in the middle of the night, and I usually sleep on, you know, she sleeps on that side of the bed. And I wake up in the middle of the night, and she, she would, she'd be panicked. She'd be like, like having almost like an anxiety attack or something. And this the, the, one of the first times it happened, um, I, I woke up, and I heard her at, going on. But, but I woke up, and this is what I heard. I, I heard her over on the other side of bed, and she's like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, And I, I didn't know what was happening. And so initially, initially, I thought to myself, I was like, oh, my goodness, this woman is so spiritual. She prays in her sleep. And I'm like, I'm thinking, I cannot live up to this expectation. Like, I just, like, I just, this is, but then, then I realized she was afraid. Like, she was panicked. Like, something, like, something had woken her up, and she was scared to death, and she's praying. And so, I, I kind of leaned over, and I rolled over, and I'm like, hey, hey, baby, what, 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 what's going on? What's, what, what's, what's wrong? What's happening? And she's like, there's a man, there's a man, there's a man, there's a man in the room. There's a man, there's a man. And I, 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 I'm, 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 I just woke up. I'm really tired. I'm sleepy. I don't really know what's going on. She's like, there's a man. And I'm like, I know, baby, I'm right here. <laughs> and she's like, no, there's, a, there's a, another man in the room. And I'm like, baby, why is there another man in the room? That's not how marriage is supposed to work. And I'm, I mean, I'm just like, I am just, you know. Then, then I realized like, oh, oh, no, there's another man in the room. Like, oh, my goodness. what? I'm, now I'm like, I need to be the man. And I need to do something about this situation. Like, I need to step up. And then I just grab the sheets and put them on my head. I'm like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, if it worked for her, like, I'm just going to try it out real quick. Right? And, I mean, come to find out, there was no other man in the room. It was just a really, really, really bad, bad dream. But, you know, but, but see, sometimes it's, it's the need. Let me talk to all the men in the room real quick. Sometimes it's our feeling of I need to be the man That makes us run away from the strength that can be produced from the sorrow in your life. Sometimes as men, just talking to the men, sometimes it's men, we don't understand that it is the fight in our life that will actually produce the fitness in our life. Sometimes we don't understand that it's the things, it's the brokenness in our life that actually will produce the blessing in our life that we've been looking for. You know, a couple years ago, I had one, one of my friends, he was coaching me. I told him I was, I was, I was going to start working out, and, and I had been working out for a couple weeks, and I asked him for some tips, and he was giving me some tips, and, and I was just talking about different reps I was doing and different exercises and everything, and, and he said this to me. He said, hey, listen, he said, don't forget to focus on your negatives. I said, what are you talking about? He said, your negatives. I'm like, what, what is that? I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with that term. He said, for instance, if it's the bench press, he said, when you push up, that's the positive, but when you bring it back down, that's the negative. And he said, going down actually produces just as much strength, if not more strength, than when you go up. Did you hear what I said? Going down produces just as much strength as going up. Did did, did you hear what I said? I'm I'm just going to let that sit there for a second. Because there's some of us in the room that think that life is only all good when it's really all just good. But that's never the case, is it? And there are some things that you can only learn on the way down in your life. There are some things that you can only learn when there's a negative in your life. There are some things that can only be produced in your life through the sorrow of your life. And for some of us, it's only the sorrow that ever produces the strength that we need to sustain ourselves through life. She says, call him ben Call him Benoni. Call him son of, son of my sorrow. Call him son of my strength. We don't really know. What, what, what does she really mean, right? And so the, so the midwife runs off to Jacob. This is just how I see it. The text doesn't really say. The text just says that she said, name him Benoni, And then it says, but, but her father named him Benjamin. And we don't know how long that took, you know. Was that, was that immediately? Was that after a day? Was it weeks? Was it months? We don't really know. So I just kind of see this scenario playing out like, 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 like Rachel gives birth to ben and and, and and the midwife is there. Rachel passes away. And, 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 and the midwife comes. I see the midwife. This is, is kind of how I see it. It's like a movie almost. I see the midwife. She, she's coming to Jacob, and she says, oh, Mr. Jacob, Mr. Jacob, I, uh, congratulations. I have a new son for you. And, and, and maybe she places him in Jacob's arms, and he's holding his brand new son. And she said, Mr. Jacob, um, um, Mr. Mr. Jacob I know it's not really my place to say, and I'm just the midwife, but I just want to pass a message on to you that, uh, from, from Rachel, Miss Rachel. Miss Rachel, she, she passed away. But, but right before she passed away, she said, she said name him Benoni. And I don't know. Did Jacob just say, nah, forget about it? I Benoni. Call him Benjamin. I don't really know. You know, I made you take time? It was it a couple of days? But what's interesting, and, and then pro- probably at this point, this sermon would go to a whole nother level if I told you what Benjamin means. Do you want to know what Benjamin means? Nobody wants to know what Benjamin means. Okay. Now, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, though, because if Benoni means something significant, then maybe Benjamin means something significant too, right? Now, now resist the temptation for a couple minutes. Put your phone away. I know some of you are on Google right now. What does Benjamin mean? You're trying to jump ahead, John. Don't, don't jump ahead. Don't jump ahead. Just, just, right. But I just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what Benjamin means, right? Be- Benjamin, still Ben, still means son, but Jamin is a different ending, so it has a different meaning to it. Son of my. Are you, are you ready? All right. I don't know. I don't know, I don't, I don't, I'm not feeling like you're ready. Let me give you, I'm gonna give, I'll, I'll give it to you when I feel like you're ready because, because I was so excited when I, when I heard what it meant. I was so excited that, that, that I had a reaction to it. And if you don't have at least somewhat of an equal reaction to it, you're going to greatly violate my expectations of what this moment is supposed to be like in a sermon. Okay, so, so, so Ben still means son, but Jamin, Jamin means Okay, real quick. Do you remember? Um, I just want to make sure you're ready. I'm not. I'm not feeling it yet. I'm just gonna. Okay. So do you remember? Again, it was in. It was in the earlier sermon today. If you weren't here, but I'll, I'll give you the. Con- so 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 you you remember Jacob and, and Esau and they're they're selling the birthright and they're they're vying over this, this whole thing right. They're they're going they're going back and forth over this whole thing right. And and so so remember this moment right. Remember this moment where Jacob then years later he deceives Isaac. And he, that's the father. And he comes into the father, and, and, and then he goes and he asks the father for blessing, right? Now, this, this, this connects, this connects, this connects. Because, because when the father went to bless his son, what the father would typically do is he'd place his hand on the son's head. And that's how he would bless the son. That's how he would convey a blessing to them. There's still a biblical pattern for that, by the way. Let me just speak to you parents in the room. Bless your children with the laying on of your hands. Don't be afraid to lay your hands on the heads of your kids and speak blessing over them. You can speak a cup of sorrow into their life that they can drink from for the rest of their life, or you can speak a cup of blessing and strength over their life. Which one do you want? Someone, listen, some. Of, I, this isn't even my notes. I'm just going to say that I'm just going to speak this into someone's life. Some of you need to pay it forward when it comes to being a parent, because what you got from your parents is not worth passing on to the next generation. And so you need to be the parent for the next generation that you never had yourself. You've, you've got to speak some things over your life. L- listen, when, when, when the midwife comes in and says, name him Benoni, and Jacob says, nah, name him Benjamin. You know why this takes place? Because in antiquity, fathers have naming rights. That, that means the mother can make a recommendation for what the child should be named, but it's only the father who gets to convey the finality of that young person's name. I I just thought I would mention that right now because some of you have had some people place some labels over you. And some of you have had some people name you some things. And some of you have had some people call you some things. Let me just camp out here just for a second because someone needs to get set free right now from a word of sorrow that's been spoken over your life and from a cup of sorrow that you've been drinking every single day. If what they call you doesn't line up with what your daddy in heaven has spoken of you, then you revoke it and you claim naming rights just like Jacob did over Benoni. If it doesn't line up, listen, when someone says something over you, you you have the right to say, what you just said of me doesn't line up. Some of you have been drinking from the cup of sorrows of words or labels or names that your father has spoken over you or your stepfather spoken over you or your mama said of you or your stepmom or your grandparent who raised you spoke over you. And if it doesn't line up, I, I just hope that right now, even in this moment, some of you would strip off some of the labels of things that have been spoken over you. You'd strip off some of the names that have been listed over top of you. you, you would, you'd even reject the absence of some of the words that were never spoken over you that you so desperately needed to hear in your life. Fathers have naming rights. Your Father in Heaven has naming rights over every single moment of your life. The midwife said, call him Ben-Oni. That's what Miss Rachel wanted. Jacob says, no, come, Benjamin. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Ben still means son. That part hasn't changed in the last three minutes. But Jamin. Do you remember earlier in the story of... Just, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm going to get there. I promise I'm going to get there. But do, do, you, do, you, do you remember earlier, and, and we didn't talk about this, but do you remember earlier, like, like Jacob is used to renaming things in life. Like, 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 like Jacob wrestled with an angel and his name was changed from Jacob the deceiver to Israel, which means one triumphant with God, right? Right, and 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 then even in the place where Jacob wrestled, he 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 changed the name of that place from Luz, what it was originally called, to Bethel, which is actually referenced in this text, right? Which, which which means house of God. Bethel means house of God. So so Jacob is used to renaming situations. He's used to being renamed himself. He's used to 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 looking um, at life and saying that I have the authority to rename some things. You know, Adam did this in the garden, didn't he? He named some things. God said, Adam, you don't get to determine what animals are, are created, but you do get to name them. There's a message there for you and I. You don't get to determine the circumstances of your life. You don't get to determine everything that goes up and down. You don't get to determine the good things that you're pushing up and the negatives that you're dealing with on the way down. You don't get to deal with all the circumstances and control every one of them, but you do get to name them. And so when, when the midwife comes in and says, Miss Rachel said, name a Benoni. He says, no, 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 name him. Benjamin, he said, name him Benjamin, Ben, son of my, Jamin, son of my, are you ready? Just making sure you're ready. Hopefully you haven't Googled it already. Son of my, remember the blessing? Remember the blessing? Remember when Isaac raised up his hand? It was always the right hand. It was always the father, always blessed with the right hand. Nothing against you, left-handed people in the room. God loves you too, but it was always the right hand, right? And so, son of Benjamin, son of my Jamin, right hand. Son of my blessing, son of my strength. Listen, you've been dealing with some Benoni in your life. You've been dealing with some difficult circumstances in your life. You've been dealing with some stuff that's out of your control. You've been dealing with some negatives. You can deal with some sorrows. You can call it Benoni if you want, or you can call it son of my blessing, son of my strength. You can look at the cup and you can say, it's a cup full of sorrow. It's a cup full of benoni. It's a cup full of cursing. Or you can look at the cup and say, you know what? That which the enemy meant to curse me will now become my blessing. That which the enemy meant to produce sorrow in my life will actually produce the strength in my life. That which is creating a massive struggle and fight in my life will be the very thing that makes me fit for the fight and fit for the season that I'm currently living in. Don't call it benoni anymore. Call it blessed. Ben, why don't you come on up and join me? You know, you know this, is, this is hard for some of us. This is hard. Because some of us, we, we kind of like, well, I just call it how it is. Yeah, you know? Yeah, some, some of you are like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's, how my, that's how my husband is. That's how my wife is. Yeah, I know you don't even want to look at them right now because you don't want to insult them, right? right? Some of you are like, yeah, that's how, that's how my dad was. That's how my, that's how my grand. I just call it how it is. Well, that doesn't take any faith, does it? That takes no faith whatsoever. I didn't. Hey, By the way, how's that working for you? Is that working good? Is that producing some joy in your life? Is that producing some happiness in your life? Is that producing some strength in your life? I just call it how it is? <laughs> you, know what, you know what I'm really grateful for right now? I'm really glad that God doesn't just call it how it is. I, I, I'm really grateful that God didn't just call it how it was in my life. I'm really glad that God didn't look at the circumstances of your life and the decisions that you made and and call it how it is. Because if God looked at you and he looked at me and he always chose to just call it how it is, then you would always be what you always were. You'd always be entrapped in slavery and sin. You'd always be full of brokenness. You'd always be full of depression and despair and despondency and discouragement. I'm so grateful that God doesn't look at you and I and call it how it is he doesn't call you what you are or what you have been he calls you what you can be and what you will be he calls you out of sin he calls you out of the brokenness he calls you out of the place of cursing and sorrow in your life he calls you through the water and through the fire and through the wilderness he says i call you blessed I call you whole. I call you healed. I call you forgiven. Thank God he calls it not how it was, but how it's going to be because of what Jesus did on the cross. You can call it how it was in your life. You can call it how it was, and it'll always be the way it was. Or you can call it how it's going to be. You know what? It's the equivalent of the cup again. You can keep drinking of the cup of sorrows if you want. The cup that your mother filled with her words, the cup that your father filled with his words, the cup that was filled by other people in your life, coaches and parents and step-parents and grandparents and teachers and even maybe some pastors. You can keep drinking that cup if you want. Or you can let Jesus Christ step into the mix. And you know what Jesus does? When you surrender the cup to him, Jesus comes in and he grabs this cup. This cup of sorrow that you've been drinking from. This cup of wrath, this cup of vindication, this cup of condemnation. He grabs it all. Jesus Christ, I want you to see this. I want you to actually see this in your mind right now. I want you to see the words that you've been drinking over and over and over and again in your life. And I want you to see right now in this moment, Jesus Christ walking up and grabbing the cup from you. And what does he do? He tilts it back. And he drinks every last bit and word of depression and anxiety and condemnation. He drinks every word of wrath that's been spoken over your life. He drinks every, every single drop of it. And then he turns it over and he says, you don't have to drink from that cup any longer. I paid the price. I paid the price on the cross. I you free from words of sorrow and because of his presence and his blessing in your life that which was meant to be sorrow in your life can now produce strength in your life. Rachel wasn't wrong actually. Rachel was just saying to Jacob you can call him your son of sorrow or you can call him your son of strength. You can have it however you want. Jacob just doubled down and said, I'm not even going to give myself a chance to call it a son of sorrow. I'm going to call it son of my right hand. I'm going to call him son of my blessing. I'm going to call him son of my strength. I'm choosing to see the Benoni in my life not as a broken place but as a blessed place. You got some Benoni in your life. Maybe today you need to start calling it. Maybe today you need to start calling it. Maybe today you need to start renaming it. Maybe you need to look at your circumstances and and, and what you've been saying over your life that has produced cursing in your life. Maybe you need to look at your circumstances and say, no more. I'm not calling it Benoni anymore. I'm calling it blessed. I'm not calling it sorrow anymore. I'm calling it strength. I'm not calling it cursing anymore. I'm calling it blessing in my life. Can Can I just share one more verse with you real quick? One more verse, because this is, this is amazing to me. This just totally blew me away, right? When you get to verse number 20, right? We, we almost read there, right? We, we, we read all the way up to verse 18, right? But when you get to verse 20, it says this. It says, it says over her tomb, Jacob, he, he, he set up a pillar. And to, and to this day, that pillar marks Rachel's tomb. So, it's, listen, Jacob mourned. Jacob grieved. Jacob had lost Rachel. This was, I mean, the Bible. listen, I don't know if you realize this. The Bible never even says that Jacob loved God. But it says he loved Rachel. He worked 14 years to gain her hand in marriage. Most of you men wouldn't work 14 years to marry the woman you're sitting beside right now. I mean, I would, but probably not you. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. He loved Rachel. I want to be real clear about this. Here's what I'm not saying to you. I'm not saying, just get over it. Yeah, you went through some stuff. Come on, just get over it. No, no, I'm not. I promise. I'm not being harsh with your pain. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not belittling that which you've gone through in your life that hurts so much. Jacob mourns. Jacob grieved. but, But then when you get to verse 20, it says he put up a pillar to march Israel to mark Rachel's tomb and then in verse 21 it says this it says Israel moved on Wait, wait, wait you didn't get it let me back up Jacob set up a pillar verse 20 Israel moved on I'm sorry okay you didn't get it yet I'm gonna say it again Jacob the deceiver The heel grabber moved to set up a pillar, but Israel, the one triumphant with God, moved on. listen, Listen, I'm not telling you to get over it. I promise I'm not. I'm telling you to speak over it. I'm telling you that God wants to do a name change in your life today. God wants to do a name change in your situation. He wants to do a name change in your circumstances. He wants to take the cup of sorrows that you've been drinking from and consume all of it. So, all you have left to do in life is call it blessed, call it whole, call it forgiven call it a brand new life a person found only in the identity and person of Jesus Christ Israel the one triumphant with God he moved on all across this room would you stand to your feet right now prayer team would you make your way forward if you're here in this room today and you say pastor Aaron, I need to rename some things in my life I I need to rename some circumstances in my life I, I, I need to call some things blessed in my life right now I need to call some things that have been sorrowful in my life i need to call it some strength in my life right now all across this room would you just if you feel comfortable would you lift your hands to heaven right now every single one of your prayer team those of you that are standing in your seats every leader every pastor would you just lift your hands right now and just listen put this message into practice right now right now with your own words with your voice with your hands raised high as a sign of faith and surrender Would you just begin to speak blessing over the current circumstances that you're facing in life? I don't know what all the details of your life are right now, but you very much do, and so does God. And so would you just begin to speak blessing over your benoni right now? would you just begin to speak blessing and strength over your sorrow right now would you just begin to speak that that which is causing you to be in a massive fight is the very thing that's going to produce the most strength in your life would you begin to understand that it's the negatives in your life that will produce the positive gains of strength in your life come on right now just begin to speak it out just begin to speak it out in faith in faith some of you are like i don't know even what to say preacher let me help you out right now It might sound like this. You speak your own words if you know what they are. If you don't know what to say, I'm going to give you an idea of what to say right now. Here you go. God, I just thank you. I thank you for what I'm going through in my life. God, I thank you for my struggle because my struggle is going to make me strong. God, I thank you for my fight because my fight is going to make me fit. God, I thank you for my brokenness because it's the brokenness that's going to attract you to bless my life. God, I thank you for the Benoni in my life. I'm going to rename it today. I'm going to call myself blessed rather than call myself cursed. God, I thank you for the weakness in my life right now because it's your weakness that's causing me to grow closer in my relationship with you. God, I thank you for every different, come on, you just go ahead and join me when you're ready. Go on, speak it forth right now. Come on, FV Church, speak it forth in faith right now. Let me hear you talking boldly and loudly and courageously about your circumstances. God, I thank you for that which is difficult in my life because the difficulty in my life is gonna produce the opportunity for me to dominate in the future season. God, I thank you. You see all my sorrow, I'm moving on today. I'm no longer a Jacob, I'm in Israel. I'm one who's gonna be triumphant with God and I will be triumphant through these circumstances. I will be triumphant through these difficult moments. I will succeed because of your blessing and your favor over my life.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fe.church/imn. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.
1: you're here in the room and you say, Pastor, and I need someone to pray with me. That's what this prayer team is here for. On the count of three, you say, I need someone to pray with me about my circumstances and what I'm going through. I want you to come forward on the count of three and let one of these prayer team members pray for you. One, two, three. Come on right now. You say That's me. I need someone to pray with me right now. Come on. Just come on up here. Come on up here. Come on to any one of these prayer team members. Let them pray with you just for a moment. You say, I need someone to pray with me. I'm going through some stuff. I'm going through some benoni in my life right now i'm going through some brokenness i'm going through some challenge i'm going through some difficulty i'm going through some stuff i can't face it on my own anymore I, i need to i need to move on but i don't know how to move on i need to speak blessing over but i need someone else to maybe speak blessing over my situation right now i've got some sorrow in my life i need it to turn into strength but i'm not exactly sure how to even do that you need to come you need to come and have someone pray for you right now you go ahead and work your way up pastor aaron is going to lead us in this song Pastor Candice will come in a moment and give instruction. You can come forward for prayer. You can come forward to have one of these prayer team members pray for you. You can come forward if you just want to get out of your seat and come forward to worship. But even, even if you want to stay in your seat and just worship in this moment, I challenge you from this day forward to look at the season of life you're in, not through the circumstances of difficulty and challenge, but look at it through what God is producing in your life through the challenge and through the difficulty god bless FB church i pray god god bless touch every single man woman child young adult student in this place right now that's struggling that's going through a difficult circumstance god i pray that in your name lord you'll give them the faith that faith will rise up on the inside of them they'll begin to speak to their circumstances they'll begin to speak to that which they're dealing with lord and bless it and bless what it's producing in their life. Do it in the name of Jesus, I pray. Come on, Pastor, sing this song.
2: I
0: Thank you for breakthrough. Thank you for victory. Thank you for hope, freedom, and peace. You are the giver of all those things. God, we worship you to set our eyes back on you and how you see the world, how you see us. Father, help us tune in to how you see things so that we can speak what you're speaking, so that we can see. Other people through your eyes. God, send us out of here today with a vibrancy we've never had before, with a passion that goes deep down into our soul, a passion to see our world changed for you, to speak hope where there is no hope, freedom and love where there never has been those things before. Father, help us speak life to our worlds we thank you and we praise you in jesus name amen has it been epic or what it's not over yet we have heart and soul tonight six o'clock come back and join us grow deeper deeper in your faith enjoy family and church together the prayer team will be available here for a few more moments don't miss an opportunity to partner with someone in prayer. And if you made a decision for Jesus today or lately, stop by the I'm in table, come see one of these guys down here. They'd love to pray with you and give you all that information. We'll see you tonight, six o'clock.